This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Tuesday, the 24th of January, 2023. I am Stephen Scott. Coming up today, we're going to find out all about Easy Reader Premium. And Marco Flalo's here. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Yeah, no Sean Priest today because he's still unwell. Marco Flalo stands in. No, Marco Flalo, how are you today? I'm doing good. I, I, I have to throw a disclaimer out there. When we decided let's do this Double Tap daily thing, there was a, a <laughs> fairly clear stipulation that I didn't have to get up early. Yeah, that, I remember that. In fact, I actually remember the conversation saying, don't worry, Mark, I'm never going to need to call on you during the week. It'll be fine. We're always here. Sean never leaves the house. He never goes outside. He barely leaves the shed. We will be fine. And, and here we are. Here we are. <laughs> and one ambulance uh. later, and yeah, here we are. Uh, but no, Sean is uh, doing okay. I mean, I, must, I will admit, he is so high on drugs. Legal ones, I should say. Uh, Prescribed. (laughs) Exactly, prescribed drugs. He's on the highest level. that I I actually wish I was recording or able to record every call we made. Why haven't you? Well, you know, well, on the iPhone, you're not allowed to record calls. I know we have technology that can help us. That's what speakerphone is for in a microphone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we could just record. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. The the temptation is still there. He's uh, He has absolutely no idea. Um of what's going on. And I think that's maybe a good thing because by the sounds of it, it sounds sore. So here's the detail, right? This is what I didn't get into yesterday on the show. So he actually broke or he snapped the tendon, which goes from his knee to the top of his thigh. Ow! That's... Yeah. Ow! Yeah, it basically, it's like an elastic band, right? That connects from the knee all the way to the top of the thigh. Yeah. And it controls like just everything. And it just, can you imagine (sighs) snapping that? Oh, oh, it feels sore. Oh, I just, I can't even imagine, to be honest, but it doesn't Do we know how this happened? Right. Do we know what he did to cause this? He, just, he walked outside his house. <laughs> <laughs> it was slippy. And uh. he walked outside, he got down his driveway, which is a bit of a steep driveway, and he, he walks down there and he slipped and he fell. And he said he could feel the snap as he fell. Hope you're enjoying your lunch or dinner or, you know, whatever you're doing. <laughs> I can't tell my wife about it because she just wants to be sick every time I mention it. But, oh, it does sound awful. It really does. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, currently in hospital. He will hopefully be getting home soon. He has to figure out how to walk on crutches. And being blind, that's okay. always fun. Yeah, well, he'll get it. He'll get it, I think. It's, it's The problem is that it's not the walking on crutches that's the problem. It's the not then walking into things. Because how do you do yeah, that? Yeah, that's when a you, good point. How do you do that with cane? the cane? Yeah, he can't he can't use his cane now, so how's he gonna do that? So yeah, I don't know how that's gonna play. Mm. This would be a good case for biped. Yeah. That bit, that vest with all the sensors on it that tells you what's in front of you. All I can say is thank goodness we have a health service in this country that's fit to burst with ways to help him and a social care service that is totally there and ready to go. Does that sound cynical? Good, because it was meant to be. I thought we're providing the support. This is what we've been we got the call from the government saying you guys can help him, right? Don't worry about it. Well, we're good. I think I'm I think I'm being shipped to Manchester tomorrow. I think that's how it works when he returns oh, Lord. home. Ah, dear. Anyway, um lots to talk about because we haven't spoken on the show together since the new Max came out. Oh, and that's so true. Everyone's know everyone knows you're gonna spend some serious cash. Going to? Well, exactly. You have already, haven't you? You've already I, not only done have it. I, but it's uh, actually shipped already. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So what did you go for? Um, I went for a 14-inch MacBook Pro Space Gray. Okay. Uh, with the M2 Max chip, of course. The one with the 12-core CPU, 30-core GPU, and 16-core neural engine. I did 64 gigs of RAM. I couldn't go. I couldn't push myself to the 90 whatever it was. But you did last four- time. You did wow. that with your Mac Pro. You went 120, was 128 gigs. Did I really? Oh, with I my Mac so. Pro. Yeah, Mac Pro, yeah. Well, my Mac Pro, I have 192, but that went up all the way up to 300 something. Wow. And uh, uh, four terabyte storage. I figured it's just the price. The price to go to th- to eight terabytes was something like $3,000. Oh, it's ridiculous. 
And, uh, you know, I could buy eight portable hard drives for less than that. It's just, it doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. So I went for four terabytes and, and everything else kind of, you know, is, is kind of standard across the board. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, they said when I ordered it, uh, ships in four business days and they were, they were telling the truth because it has shipped. I've got a tracking number in front of me and granted it's going to take a week for it to get here, but, um, I'll get it. I'll get it probably by says it says January 31st. I don't always believe this stuff anymore. Mm. Like sometimes it just ends up kind of making its way. It's not like it's going by by land by, you know, by by land. It's coming from Shanghai. Yeah. So, you know, it says Tuesday, January 31st by end of day. So that's a week from now. We'll, we'll see about that. I think you'll have it before that. I hope I get it by the weekend. That would be nice. Yeah, I think it will because you, you, these things. I mean, often it get, it's actually quicker to get it from China probably than it is to get it from even the states. Well, unless it, you know, unless it's going to like California and then and then going on a truck <laughs> for the rest of the yeah. the rest of the tour, going to Vancouver and then going on a truck. I can't imagine it's going to take that long to get here. Um, I don't think it does though because said, I, I, every time I used to get when I ever ordered an iPhone or something and it was you know direct from Apple pre order. It would come from was it Shenzhen, that yep, place, yeah, Shenzhen, China, yeah, and that and that was the Syncreon, I think, was the name of the company, and that was the you know that's where it would actually come from, and it would always arrive here, and sometimes it would arrive. In fact, I remember talking to the delivery driver who was dropping something off the day before it was due to arrive, and he said, "Well, they're all there. We're not allowed to give them out yet." He said, "But he said, I know it's there. Your your stuff is here." He says, "But it's told we're told that there's a release date, and you know we have to." essentially deliver on that date because i was trying to you know bribe the guy to say could you just bring it now yeah he would be fired so fast i know i know <laughs> such a shame and so good for the show but i'm looking forward to it i mean a lot of people are, are obviously raving about battery life and obviously big you know processor boosts from the last generation i've been without a laptop for many months now minus the you know Costco loner that I have, <laughs> <laughs> unbeknownst to but them. I am. But we are traveling. Like we're going to Vienna in February. Uh, yeah, I'm going to Florida next week for an event, and then then we've got March break. So I actually have a need for a laptop again. It's so weird to actually say that. So I'm looking at mine, and I'm thinking, okay, should I upgrade? Should I upgrade? What should I do? And you know that way the the problem is, and this is unfortunately the the reality of FOMO, is that you. You end up looking at what you have and you think, oh, it's done. That's it. You know, who, who wants an M1? It's just so yesterday. But the reality is this is only a year old. This It's just over a year yeah. old. 2021 MacBook Pro. It's a 14-inch. It's 2021. Uh, got an M1 Pro chip in there. Not sure of the detail of that. But M1 Pro, 16 gig RAM, and it's got a terabyte SSD. And honestly, would I ever need any more than that at this point? I mean, this is a fast for, machine. For what you're doing? No, you don't. And and all the reviews and all the reports, um, both the, you know, the ones that really get into detail and some of the ones that are a little bit more subjective are saying that if you have an M1, you know, M1 Pro, there's no need to upgrade. Like the increases are going to be very, very minimal. Now, of course, if you need more storage, of course, if you want more RAM, there's a case to be made. Mm. But I don't know, like if you spent your hard earned money on it, I've been buying time by buying something that I know I can return. So, you know, I'm getting all that money back. So I'm really spending, you know, I've already spent half of it. Yeah, and that's I just right. i to pay the difference. So it's a little bit different in my case. Yeah. And I've been waiting. I mean, I've been waiting three years now. I've had a laptop for the same laptop for three years, which is quite amazing for someone like me who has a patience of a friggin' gnat. Well, I'm not dissimilar. And the problem is I do have the FOMO thing. I do. I think, oh, I would like the newer one. But the reality is there's nothing wrong with what I have. It does the job. And I, I imagine that the difference is, for, for someone like me, doing not, you know, not massive amounts of heavy lifting work. You know, the machine is doing some stuff, maybe with video occasionally, certainly with audio. And it handles all that. I've got Windows on this now running with Parallels. And it is buttery smooth. And I'm using it with a screen reader. And all of this is in beta. You know, the screen reader is in beta. Windows is in beta. Parallels is in beta. Everything's in beta. And it's all running yeah. really well. And I'm able to jump between it and use my Mac. And I've got essentially two systems in one. And this thing is going absolutely fine. Now, the differences there will probably be, you know, from the M1 to the M2 for me would be so incremental, so tiny, that it probably wouldn't even be noticeable. 
It might yeah. make a difference if you're rendering a movie out or something, but I'm not doing that. And I think that's probably where, as much as I'd like to spend some money on a new machine, don't really need to. The, the storage thing does bother me, but then I think it's going to bother me anyway. And I don't think there's ever enough It's going to bother you forever. I mean, we, you know, we share a Dropbox Teams account, right? Yeah. Our Dropbox you know, size is almost 17 terabytes right now. It's ridiculous. So, you know, you got to, I guess you got to ask yourself the question, which is how much do you need to store on that device? What I normally do before I, before I travel somewhere is I sync what I need to a portable hard drive. Yeah. And it's normally like, you know, I've got a one terabyte portable SSD. It's really fast drive. I never need more than that amount of stuff on it. That's what I need, what I need access to pretty quick. And anything else I can access in the cloud, you know, granted, I'm, I'm, you know, at the mercy of the internet speeds that I might be at. I don't mm-hmm. know what I'm dealing with, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge. So I'm out on Friday and I go out for some lunch. I'm meeting a friend and I get the call that Sean's you know, incapacitated. And, and one of the things we do here, as, as well as produce this absolute gem of a radio show every day, um, I think that's what it said in the contract. Um, we also manage the production for the Globe and Mail on AMI Audio. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, okay, right, Sean's not around, so I'll need to jump on and get that done. Because, you know, the time we do that, you are sound asleep in your little bed. You're, you're, you know, got your pajamas on and you're, you've got your little water bottle and all your, your you know, t- teddy bear, whatever it is you have around Sucking you. Sucking my thumb and yeah, all that the candle stuff, lit, yeah. yes. Exactly. Little Marky Dr- Dreaming of a MacBook Pro. And, um, all that's going on. So I'm I'm sitting in this cafe and I'm thinking, and I know I have to do this, and I've got my Surface Pro with me because I've taken that. I use Audacity on the PC. Oh, so you weren't on a Mac. I wasn't on a Mac, no. And I just, I don't, I can't edit on a Mac, not without, you know, not, certainly not as, as easily. So I'm thinking, right, okay, I've got my Surface Pro and that's fine. I get all the files. I eventually get them downloaded. It's a bit slow. I'm aware that the internet is very slow. And this is me connecting via my iPhone using it as a hotspot, which is reporting that it's connected to 5G. Okay. I ask around in the cafe. Apparently there's no Wi-Fi in the cafe. The only cafe probably on earth that doesn't have Wi-Fi, and that's the one I'm in. So, okay, fine. So I'll use my iPhone. It should be fine. 5G's fast, right? So I manage to get the files, and I start working on it. I get it done, and then I start sending the file. And I have to send the file from my computer, and I've, I've really kind of really chunked it down to like a, a really low bitrate MP3, so it'll send quicker, right? So not don't send a WAV file or something because it's just too big. So I'll send an MP3 file. At least it will get through quicker. Four hours it wants to upload this file that's 26 minutes long. Four hours. And I'm thinking, what is going on? And in between times, anything that happened, like if I got an email or if someone called me <laughs> on that phone, it would interrupt the flow and it would slow the computer down. And I thought, this is utterly ridiculous. This is supposedly 5G. Clearly, I was connected to a 5G transmitter that hadn't been plugged in. And at some point in this process, my phone rings. <laughs> well, I couldn't call you. I could well, barely text you. You could barely text me, and, and texting is pointless when I'm sleeping because I just don't hear it, but my phone rings. Yeah. And it's Mr. F. Mr. F saying, Stephen needs some help. <laughs> Sean's hurt himself. And I'm like, what is going on here? So I I, uh, I look at my phone and I see the the, the massive amounts of texts. And I run down to my office uh, in my in my pajamas with my my thumb still water in my mouth, bottle, yeah, yeah, in the man. water bottle, just sucking away. And uh, I manage, I think, to do it all before you're even able to get that one. <laughs> it still, it still hasn't sent. It still hasn't sent. And I haven't opened the Surface Pro since. I shut it down in disgust and just gave up at that point because I knew I wasn't going to get any. But that wasn't the computer that was bogging no, you down. It wasn't the that was the. Fault, no. So this is interesting. So you bring this up at an interesting time because I'm doing an event this weekend. Mm. And, you know, I get sucked into these things. And it's a, a friend of mine who owns a comedy club. And whenever they do anything that's more than just turning the microphone on for the comedian or playing the music, I get a phone call. Right. Okay. And, I, and I've set up the whole infrastructure in this comedy club, the videos and all everything going on. So they're doing some kind of symposium where they have to live stream. And everything's great. There's no problem. They've got the equipment. Uh, I'm going to bring the stuff I need. Then I ask him, I said, do me a favor. Just do a, do a quick speed test. Just let me know what I'm dealing with. Two megabytes download. No. And point zero something upload. Ugh. And I'm like, what? what's going on there? He goes, we can't, we can't get faster speed. We've tried. I'm like, that's, that's not possible. And I look and I, I calculate. I'm like, no, no one, no one's willing for some reason this address 
There's no fiber. No one else is bringing in any other services. It's just one baseline, one telecom company, and the service is 10 meg down and uh, like one meg up. So he was obviously getting this on a phone and on Wi-Fi. So I'm like, okay, well, I need to come up with some kind of backup plan. Mm. So I've got my phone. That's a backup plan, although there are flags that you've just raised. I've got a rocket stick, so it's a it's a it's a LTE hotspot. Okay. I can plug into a device, so that solves one thing. I went out this weekend. I got another tablet SIM card for my iPad, so that's going to be its own device. So I've managed to at least make sure that all the devices I need are going to be on separate internet feeds. Mm. And the main one for the stream, what I'm going to do is I've got this router that has a SIM card capability in it. Okay. And I can actually, apparently, and I'm, I'm getting trained on this today, um, you can actually connect multiple connections to it. So it'll have my SIM card plus the Wi-Fi plus the Ethernet in the location of the club. And I'll be able to bond those three connections together. And that's what TV to create... companies do, right? TV companies do that with their um their Exactly. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be taught how to do this today. Wow. And hopefully this will be enough bandwidth to get this one live stream out for an hour and a half or two hours while I'm there. It's actually, I'm finding this more complicated than I, I thought it needed to be. And I honestly thought connecting to a phone that's connected with 5G would be perfect. But I don't know if, I, I don't know if it's a network thing because my wife is on a different network to me and she never has a problem. Really? So needless to say, when I came home, I'm changing networks because I'm just, well, I, I want to try something else. I have a, I have a feeling it might be the network. I don't know. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in the middle, I mean, literally in the middle of the city center. I mean, it couldn't have been any more central if I tried. Um, so here's what I've learned is that some carriers, depending on the plan that you are on, will not necessarily give you access to all the services. So, for example, the backup plan that I have on my phone, because remember we had an outage here in the summer? Yeah. There was a big Rogers outage and, and everybody was down. So I, I put a backup plan with a competing carrier with Bell on my actual device. And I found out, I didn't even realize that the plan that I was on did not give me access to 5G. Wow. It was limited to LTE, which isn't bad, by the way. LTE, no, there's no, in no way, shape, or form is it a bad connection. You can hit 300 meg downloads. Um, but I realized I had to change the plan in order to get access to that network. So you might want to check that you've actually got access to the actual to the full The full network and the full features of the network. Because if you're on a plan from who knows when and it hasn't been updated in a while, they could, you know, have said, mm, sorry, we don't want to give this to you for free. You're going to make you change your plan or something like that. That's interesting. I'm, I've sent you a link to, to have a look at because I am looking into this thing. It's called a Netgear. It's a 4G router, right? And the idea is it's for, I guess, being on the move. It's a mobile Wi-Fi router. Yep, and this sounds yep. like the kind of thing you're talking about. Yeah, well, uh, so what I have is actually, it's a, it's a, it looks like a USB stick, like a memory card. Okay. Um, and it has a SIM card slot and it's a modem. It's a, it's a, it's a Huawei. Huawei makes it. And, and they were all the rage. You could just pop it into your laptop, pop it into a device, and you suddenly get internet on board. Um, that, that's slowly been replaced by these devices, one that you just showed me, which is, it's basically a 4G router, but it's like a hotspot for on the cellular network. Yeah. Which is uh, great to have. You just pop your, pop your uh, SIM card in. I would wait if I were you because the one you just sent me, this Netgear 4G, is limited to LTE, whereas they have 5G versions coming out now. Right. So yeah, you might want to just wait. wait on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's and all backwards way, compatible, right? I mean, you could get 4G on that. It can't get you know, 5G. Absolutely. They're all backwards compatible. They definitely will work with all the bands. The, the difference is, is this one's more consumer based. You're looking, you sent me something that's 299 pounds. So probably about 400 Canadian or 400 US. The one I have is a, is a higher end router that's designed for failover purposes. Right. It's designed so that if one connection goes down, it can automatically go to the next one and then the next one. Then you can bond things. This one, I don't think does that. This one, I don't think it takes regular regular ethernet it lets you just plug into it to get internet if you want to but it's good to have these things there is an upgrade to it which is the nighthawk version 5g which is uh, i don't know what that is in canadian but this it's 827 pounds oh lord that's a lot of money it's about 1200 dollars probably yeah that's that's a lot of and you know there's a company that i interviewed for for um ces they they didn't make it to our ces show that's airing um tonight on, on ami tv but it's a company called Solus, and they have 
a product called the Skyroam, and it, it it's a round. It looks like a round hockey puck that's orange. And the cool thing that they do is instead of you just putting your SIM card in and it roaming on your plan wherever you might be, so you have internet. It actually you subscribe to them, and they connect to the best and and local network wherever you might be. And what I learned during this interview was that when you take your SIM card and you travel, your data still has to go all the way back to your home location before it gets access to the internet. So mm. it's making it even slower. It's not just like, oh, let's check, make sure you're okay and give you access. No, no, it goes back to your. So in my case, it goes back to Rogers. It says, okay, let's send the data through here. And that's how they police it. That's how they charge you for it. Whereas this mm. Skyroam service by the company Solus, they actually have deals with every local carrier around the world. So you subscribe to them and no matter where you are, it'll connect directly as if you're a local subscriber to whatever plan you're on locally. So way faster speeds, way more reliable, no going back to your home location to get the information. It's all right there. And they have different packages for, you know, Europe and North America, et cetera, et cetera. And it does the same thing up to 10 devices. It doubles as a battery pack. It, you know, you can pop an SD card in. Very, very cool. I think it is available on Amazon. And they do have a 5G version coming out soon. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Might want to pick one of these up before we go to Vienna. Well, that's the thing, right? And it's interesting because when you're doing stuff out and about, I kind of thought I'd be fine with just using my iPhone. But, of course, you've got to think about other things. Your battery's impacted, which it was, um, because what I learned when I got home, I I was losing battery, it seemed hand over fist, and it was because (laughs) when I had left the cafe in disgust, I'd forgotten to shut the computer down. So it was still connected the whole way through my day. So by the time I got home, my battery was like 5%, and I thought, oh, great. So that's another problem with using it. In theory, it should be fine, and I am going to check in with the carrier just to be certain there's nothing weird going on, because it did feel strange that I was getting such a poor signal. Now, in saying that, download was okay, upload was terrible. Now, would that be the case? Would that be normal? On a 5G? Uh, not, I mean, it, normal, it's always normal for the upload to be slower, but not, you know, not, not debilitatingly slow. Yeah, I mean, like, literally sending a file is halted by a call. No, I mean, it shouldn't, that great. shouldn't be the case, because your calls, unless your calls are going over the data network, which in most cases they're not, you shouldn't have been affected. Was it a FaceTime call? Was it a regular call? A regular call stopped it. A text really? seemed to slow it down. <laughs> I mean, it was just ridiculous. This is why I get the iPad with the, with the 5G modem built in. Yeah. Yeah. So that I can, it's separate, you know, it's an add-on to my plan. It's like $10 extra, and I don't have to worry about it. Like, I, my phone is my phone, my iPad is my iPad, and I don't have to worry about it no matter where I go, and that's why I do it. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, the day that they put 5G into a MacBook will be a good day. I'm surprised they don't have it yet, to be perfectly honest. It's, it's, uh, it's been in PCs for a very long time. Speaking of PCs, here's a great story for you. And this will interest a lot of our, our blind listeners here because uh, Microsoft have decided that that is it for Windows 10. Uh, no more downloads uh, as of January 31st. Oh, really? I didn't know. You could still buy it, apparently. You could still buy Windows 10. Although, actually, now I say that, Windows 10, yeah, okay, that does seem like a bit soon. It said uh, they're stopping licenses later this month. Windows 10 will continue to be supported until October 2025. So yeah, you, you really can't do buy it or install it. You can you can buy it and get it. I think for now, but it says it's removing the downloads from the site and from sale. The downloads include license keys for Windows 10 necessary to activate and use the download, and are being removed more than two years before Microsoft stops officially supporting Windows 10 in 2025. So the cutoff well, dates are for sale for sales, but it says it's not clear how the company will treat similar downloads and license keys available from retailers like. Amazon or anyone else. So. And there's always workarounds, right? Like there's so many companies that run like Windows 10 server and yeah. like how many companies were running Windows like 95 server for so many, many years until they finally forced them to migrate because they said they were going to end of life it. I mean, Windows XP, I think only ended ended its life uh, a couple of years ago because I so many a, people were still using it. I have on good authority from a friend of mine who I will not obviously name for various reasons, but he told me that the... Uh, UK and I guess European nuclear defense system 
runs oh, no. on 95. Oh, no. It still has floppy disks in it. Oh, no. I mean, they're keen on upgrading it, which is good. I'm all for that because I think it'd be nice to have something else. I remember once being on a train. I'll never forget this. It was at Windows 7 was not long out. And I remember being on a train and the train broke down. And I was sitting at the front just behind the driver and they had the door open. And I heard the Windows sound. And I said, what's going on? And he said, I'm just rebooting the computer that, that operates the, the, the train. And the whole train seemed to operate from Windows 7. I thought, wow, how's, how does that work? But yeah, the whole thing is, it's all computerised, right? So Surprised it's not DOS. Um, <laughs> it was a fairly new train, though, you know, so. But yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing nuclear that, defense the, running on Windows. But nuclear you know what, defense that, that would running mean, on 95. That would mean that the computers they're running it on could be replaced by like a, a Raspberry Pi. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It is, I mean, it is terrifying, really. You, you worry about hacks and you think, well, I mean, honestly, who doesn't know how to hack Windows 95? Anybody could hack. If you, if you well, never Let's hope that system is old enough that it's not even connected to the internet, okay? Fingers crossed. Although in saying that, you would kind of hope that that thing's got some ability to connect with the rest of the world at some point. I don't know. Do you? <laughs> well, do you know, I think I learned, here's a little historical thing I learned about this. I, I didn't know this. When we went through our period here in the UK of having, you know, a new prime minister every five minutes, um, one thing I learned about were these things called the last papers or the last letters. And what they do is they have a, a, an actual letter, I assume typed at least, by the prime minister. And it's sent to the nuclear submarines. And in the event of being cut off for an extended period of time, say five hours, they get no response at all from land. They have to open these last papers. And it's, the, it's, it's a letter from the prime minister at the time telling them what to do. So it's you know, basically run for your life, um, fight back, or... What is it? Choose sink. your own adventure? Pretty much, yeah. What is it like? Okay, you're uh, the situation. You're now cut off from the rest of the world. You can't cut out communicating. Like, do they? Like, what possible scenarios could they possibly prepare for? Like, okay, so you're a nuclear submarine. You're yep. you're roaming in I don't know the Pacific. Let's I don't know. Just pick a pick a sea. Yeah, a body of water. You've got these letters in front of you from a prime minister. You've been cut off for all you know. The prime minister is not the prime minister anymore because you've been cut off right for five yep. hours. What if not, what if there's no threat? Nothing's going on. Like you just go among your way, or just after five five hours of no communication, um, you, you know, that's Australia. like a flight with no Wi-Fi. Like you're on the flight for five hours. Yeah. What do you open a letter? Oh, oh, I don't know what to do. We haven't heard from anybody in five hours. Let's open. The, okay. In the event that you have not heard from us in five hours, if there's a threat, fight back. If there's no threat, sit tight and order McDonald's. If there is, what it, like, no, no, how? No, 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 no. So, so there's a list, right? So what happens is the prime minister oh at the time decides which action to take. So it could be find the nearest country that's giving you some kind of signal. Because there's an assumption made at that point that if there's no, nothing at all, there's no communication, we're all dead, right? So that's Something's the assumption. Something's gone wrong, okay. Something's gone horrifically wrong and the UK has been wiped out and therefore, you know, you're on your own, basically. You're on your own. Good luck. Find someone else. What if the satellite else. phone goes down? What if, what if, what if, I don't know, what if, what if, uh, you know, uh, Starlink is just down for a couple maintenance or something, you know, and they can't communicate, you know? If Australia gets blown off the map and it's by accident, that's unfortunate. I hope it doesn't happen. I really want to visit Australia. I know. I quite like that. I mean, it is the world's largest collection of things that will kill you. But it does seem like a great place to go. I'd like to see these papers. Yeah, I'd like to read the papers as well. The thing is, there I, should be plenty of them because there's been about six prime ministers in the last hour. So, you know, yeah. I'm sure we is can. Is there a template? Like, I think he opens the prime minister's <laughs> computer and says it's a Word document. It says uh, nuclear last submarine last papers. And you open it up and it's like, ha ha, and there's nothing in here. <laughs> yeah. That's what Boris Johnson did by mistake. He just deleted it. He's like, ha, I refuse to be not prime minister. I'm deleting this. Delete. I think there was there was a prime minister in our country, which was after the financial crash and the, the, basically everything fell apart. And the next oh. prime minister who came in got a letter, and the letter said, "The money's run out. Good luck." Um, so you know, we do like we have a good sense of humour in this country. Thank goodness when oh, it's all a joke. going down. I that was 
Well, I, I don't think it was a joke. I think the end bit was. Um, anyway, look, stick around. We are going to be talking about Easy Reader Premium next. I'll explain what that is and explain why you might be excited by it. Details next on Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Stephen and Mark with you today. And, uh, you know, I thought it'd be interesting, Mark, to talk about Easy Reader Premium. So we had uh, Rob Osford uh, on with us a while back, and we talked a little bit about the whole Easy Reader package. Now, if you don't know what it is, essentially Easy Reader is an app, a free app you can download, and you can use it to get your audiobooks, get your daily newspapers. You can even copy text from the web straight into the app, and it will read it back to you in a voice that suits you. You can even change the text to accommodate the type of text you like, type of font, type of print size. One thing I use it for is reading the newspapers. So I'm connected to, in the UK, RNIB News Agent, which gives me access to all of the daily papers every day by 6am. It's an incredible service. So all the papers are just available to me, and I can subscribe to the ones I want. And then they all appear as text files, and then it can take those text files and it can format them to suit in any way you want. So really, really cool. And Rob Osford came on to tell me about a couple of new features that are coming to Easy Reader, brand new features in a new premium package. He'll explain all of that to us and tell us about what is coming down the line for Easy Reader by the company Dolphin. So uh, that's exactly the question I asked him first off, which was, what is Easy Reader and how is Easy Reader Premium going to change things? Easy Reader is a free app makes books more accessible for people who are visually impaired, have neurodiverse um, differences such as dyslexia or any other print impairment such as that. Okay, so yes, yeah, so it's, it's as simple as that, right? And it's a, it's a free application that's downloadable on iOS and Android. And as well as Windows. Um, and with the premium features we've just uh, released, it will also be Mac OS accessible. Oh, wow. Okay. So, right, hang on. I didn't realize this. So, this is available on Windows. I didn't even know that was available. Okay. Uh, and now with the premium features on Mac. So, what are we talking about? What's what's changed? What's new? So, with the premium features, what's brought in is um, cross-platform synchronization. So, that is not just books that you're reading, reading positions. That is everything down to the settings. So your color changes with the background, the color change of the text or word highlight. Um, That is how big you want the font to be, the speed that you want the audio to be read out to you. That also includes features such as Google Classroom and Microsoft Education. Um, Those are new additions to Easy Reader. So they will appear where the libraries are on the left-hand side, so you can synchronize that up to various classrooms uh, that, that are used around the, around the UK or overseas as well. So books or any educational materials that a teacher would upload to Google Classrooms, Microsoft Education, can be displayed and viewed within Easy Reader. Because up until now, this was very much a consumer product, right? This was something that people would use to you know, download books to RNIB library, for example, was, was a common use case for Easy Reader and still is to this day uh, in the UK. And I imagine other libraries around the world have followed suit with that. But you've gone further now and you're moving into the education market. Uh, although I, I know that Dolphin as an organization is already part of that and very much in the education market. But, but this product is really moving there now. Correct. Yeah, but you're right. We started sort of more consumer-based. We did have a lot of take-up with education initially with Easy Reader, with the Easy Reader app. That's because it's built into Supernova, um, our flagship product within the app. So if you if you download Supernova, it can install Easy Reader as well. So that would be on your Windows platform. So any downloads of it within like the Connect and Learn, which is a massive education push of ours at the moment, it's a product that will also have Easy Reader built into the Windows device too. As a side point here, but actually a very important point you mentioned some other products you mentioned supernova as well and that is a major product in fact it's one of the first magnification applications i ever remember seeing way back when i was at school and at the time 
it was at the top of its game and I believe it still very much is. It's, it's a fantastic magnification and screen reader as well package. So maybe uh, for those who don't know about that, who are maybe so used to us here on Double Tap talking about JAWS and Zoom text, tell us a little bit about Supernova and its capabilities. So yeah, as you're right there, uh, Supernova is um, not just magnification, it is also a screen reading product. There are three tiers, or four tiers, if you will, um, to Supernova. You've got magnifier, magnifier and speech, magnifier and screen reader, and then Supernova Enterprise, which is for virtual machine environments and you know more business targeted there. So it is what it says on the tin. It's to screen magnifier. It's a piece of software installed into in, onto Windows. It's certainly a lot better than the. Um, the Microsoft uh, zooming features that are, are readily available there. Uh, we have up to 64 times zoom. The magnification engine that we use is one of a kind, developed in-house um, by our developer. It essentially rewrites what's on the screen, keeps it as crisp as possible. So you may find with um, Microsoft magnification and various other products it starts to get blurry and, and pixelated as as you start to zoom into things supernova completely changes the game with that keeps it as crisp as possible as you're zooming in yeah it's a great product and and you can get a free de- uh, demo download can't you 30 days completely free um all on, all available on our website um we'll even help you install it if, if need be so let's get back to some of the easy reader features and you're going to demo some of these for us now you're going to talk through some of them so uh Maybe we start with, uh, I guess, with the smartphone, right? Because that's where a lot of people probably use it and, and will eventually be migrating on to using it on their computer as well. So talk us through the features and, and how they work, if you would, Rob. Once the app is downloaded, you'll come to a page that will just t- say, start reading with a Dolphin login. If you tap that, it will take you through to the website where you've got a uh, a login page, a nice little portal here where you can sign in through a library such as the RNIB and various other libraries like that. You can go through Google or sign in through Apple, or you can create a Dolphin account, which will be done through the website there. Again, completely free of charge. So once that's logged in, it will take you straight into my books page. So from here, um, I currently have quite a few books in, um, downloaded on this device, quite an avid user of it. And within demos, it's always always good to have a wide range of different books. So I've got everything from Harry Potter to uh, Sun Tzu, The Art of War. The top left corner there, you've got a button that will take you to managing your libraries. So you can choose which libraries you wish to display. So I've got Bookshare, Project Gutenberg, RNIB Bookshare, and a few other. Underneath that, you've got My Newspapers. This does synchronize up to talking newspaper libraries. And then you've got My Clipboard Text underneath that. My Clipboard Text is, is really beneficial for students, especially if they're taking sources from a website that might not be accessible. You can copy it, open it within the Easy Reader app, and suddenly it's accessible. You've got all your color schemes, uh, your voice enabled there, so it will talk through any clipboarded text there. So if we start straight into Manage Libraries, well, let's pick a library. We'll go for Bookshare. That's a good library now. So we've got My Assigned Books at the top there. Uh, underneath that, you've got My Reading Lists, My History, so you can read a few books you've previously downloaded might have deleted from your device. You can see what you've previously downloaded. Latest popular categories. So if we go in here, we'll choose a random book here, us and them. Bridget Anderson. So we press the download button right there on the screen. That will prepare for a second. It was just the device talking to the library and going through all those networky things. It shouldn't take long to download. The books aren't particularly big usually. Once that's downloaded, you can see the button changes to open. So before I open this within this screen here, if I go back out of the library and up to my books, you can see it appears right at the top of the page of my books. So that is now in my library so if i tap this here take a second to load up you've got the front cover of the book in front of you there and we're in the book so we can go from here and swipe from right to left to flick through the book or we can press the play button at the bottom and it will take us to the text and start reading through the dangerous politics of immigration control so that will just talk through the book there There are buttons at the bottom to skip 15 seconds forward or 15 seconds back. These can be adjusted at the top where the letter A is. 
you can change uh, how far it skips ahead and how far you can skip backwards. Yeah, really, we're talking here about customization. That's really what premium is bringing, right? It's bringing more customization to the app. So that's none of those features are premium specific, actually. Um, those are all built into the the software on its own. The premium features are those that are synchronized. So everything like those settings will now be saved on my computer. So if I was to go on CZ Reader Windows and show you this this same book, it would be set up exactly how you see it on the, the device in front of me. The remembering of reading position. So not only is it saving the books that you have installed in devices, it will also save exactly where you've been. So you can pick up exactly where you left off, all the way down to the word, not even the paragraph, all the way down to the word. Saves your bookmarks as well. So if you've got specific bookmarks that you've um, made a note of in class on, on your Windows device and then need to go home when you're doing some homework and bring it up on your tablet, immediately accessible there as well. Premium suggests money. What are we talking here? Um, so you're looking at £30 per year for a personal subscription. That price can be seen all over the website. Um, we're not trying to hide it. It's all there, uh, available worldwide. £30 a year for the, the subscription for in individual licenses or personal licenses for Easy Reader Premium. I guess part of this, if we're honest, is about continuing development, right? I mean, the fact is that the app is free for anyone to use and, and will continue to be free, I imagine, but there are these premium features that you can pay for. But that does, I imagine, help with the ongoing development of the app as a whole. Correct, yeah, that's spot on. These softwares and stuff, they aren't. They aren't free to develop, unfortunately. So, the, you know, the personal subscription just helps us and the education just helps us help you. Um, any new features that we can think of or that the clientele can think of, that, you know, if you put anything towards towards us, it helps us just bring it to life. This kind of funding is, is really mutually beneficial, if you will. And where can we get more information about all of your products as well as Easy Reader? All of our products, um, yourdolphin.com. So that's... Uh, Y-O-U-R, dolphin.com. Rob, thank you so much for coming on to Double Tap and telling us all about it. I'm really pleased to see the development of this app continue because I know it's vital to so many people. And, uh, you know, I love the fact that even though there are these premium features and there's always people who will say, oh, more money, great, that's what we just need to do is spend more money. But actually, the fact is the app is still available for free and has all those great features in it and continues to be. So if you don't have the Easy Reader app, download it. And if you can see value and i can certainly see the value in some of those premium features then you've got the option which is great and i love the fact it's on the windows and mac platforms too that's brilliant news yeah uh, thanks. um thank you for inviting me on Stephen. it's been a been a pleasure so there you go that's the latest on easy reader thank you to rob osford for joining me to tell me all about that we spoke to rob a while back and uh yeah, it's just really interesting to learn about all these different apps. This, and the great thing is mark this is an app which is great like i was saying there you know it's, it's not just for blind people Anybody who has difficulty reading, anybody who just wants to format and read text in an easier way, these kind of apps are great. And the fact that it's free, yes, you can get the extras, but you can get the free app is just brilliant. And it's a cross-platform as well. The, the premium features do, of course, add that collaboration and that ability to go between different devices and all that kind of thing. So it's, it's got, you know, really comes down to the fact that these apps, they need to find a way to continue. You know, you can't constantly have free apps forever you know there's gonna be some some investment some kind of bonus feature but we have to this is why it's important to support developers you know especially smaller developers then and and this is why i've always you know back in the day there was a time where you know you'd try out software because someone gives you a copy of something and and um you quickly learn the reason the benefits for buying your own copy of things you know you get support Mm. you get there are benefits to it so it's important to spend the money and to do it properly because that way you're not only supporting the creators of it, but you're making sure that you get the support that you need and it helps those companies uh, kind of survive. I'm curious to see how people start implementing things like chat GPT into, into apps like this and services and web forms and just various elements of things and just the natural language approach of things. Yeah, it's interesting. So chat GPT just seems to be the subject of the year already. I mean, everyone's talking about it. I mean, it already was at the end of last year, but there's lots of, interesting developments going on and i think it's it's the implementation like you say 
Um, how is it going to be used? How will people benefit from it? I mean, there was an interesting article around accessibility you were sharing with me, even just them asking the question to ChatGPT itself, right? Yeah, well, that idea, by the way, I, I came up with that idea first, and it's going to be on an episode of Double Tap TV very, very soon. Alison, I get where you come from. I, I, I came up with the idea of Google first. <laughs> I just, you know, I just, I'm, I'm a lazy person. I could be bothered. I know, I it. know. No, but this is not, uh, this is a uh, a writer by the name of Robert Gibson who um you know talked about you know neurodiversity, ChatGPT, and and it got him thinking about the technology. And that's I think what the fun part about ChatGPT is is that it's getting our minds working right. Mm. It's it's trying to think of new ways to use a service like this. How is it going to make sense? You know, how's Microsoft going to try and implement this into their operating system? So what he did was um you know since it's very early in the in the launch phase of the stuff, he figured. Let's ask ChatGPT itself, how can ChatGPT support people with disabilities? And the answers were were pretty fun. And he goes into a lot of detail. And it starts with things like, you know, text-to-speech. It can be used to generate speech from input, um, speech-to-text. It can be fine-tuned on a data set of audio recordings and their corresponding transcriptions and generate transcriptions of speech. It can be used for translation, summarization, uh, dialogue genera- uh, generation, uh, image captioning. You know, it can be trained on all sorts of things in images and then eventually be able to just take an image and, and and be able to describe it in natural language, which is, which is really cool. And one of the answers that came here, it says was, you know, chat GPT can be used to support people with accessibility needs in a variety of ways. One way is providing text-to-speech capabilities, which can assist individuals who are blind or have low vision. Additionally, it could be used to generate captions for videos, which can assist individuals who are deaf or hard of hearing. And then it goes into supporting accessibility by providing natural language processing capabilities. And then he starts asking questions like, could it be used to support captioning? Uh, how could it be used to support captioning? Well, automatic caption genera- uh, generation. It can be trained on a data set of images and their corresponding captions and then used to generate captions for new images based on what it's seen in the past. Um, and it goes into just incredible detail as to a breakdown of how and use cases. And it just, it, it's, I don't know why this excites me so much. I think just the possibilities uh, and I'm trying to figure out where it can work its way into our lives. Yeah. I've already used it to, you know, you know, write a, write a summary of this episode and I've pasted a transcript in there and it's been pretty good at, at doing that and doing it with like, you know, make it search engine optimized and all that kind of stuff. So I think that the more information we throw at it and we joke about the, you know, Johnny five approach from, from short circuit, but more input means more more result at the end. Yeah, and there's a stories going around people now being offered a paid tier for Chat GPT. I, I haven't you seen this. that yet, though. I, th- I keep waiting for that to appear. Yeah, <laughs> it's an not, option. It's, it's not showing up for it's not showing up for everyone, and and Chat GPT are not responding to it at the moment. But Chat GPT Professional, some users saying they've been granted access to a pro tier for forty two dollars a month. Uh, now, the question is what that gives you, because what is that going to do? It says, well, some people are saying, according to screenshots shared by some users, you get High faster priority. response speed, yeah. uh, more reliable access, um, because they're saying that ChatGPT is down a lot, and priority access it to is new features. right now. Yeah, I mean, no surprise if everyone's excited by it and they're all trying new things. And, of course, they're asking it to do lots of things. I saw one the other day, which I thought was interesting, and it ties into that article, which was someone who had actually developed a little application I guess some kind of automation that would, you know, you could take a, an image, a web image, or any image, frankly, and you could paste the link from the image into a, a Google Sheet, and it would automatically generate alt text for it. That's powerful stuff, you know. And obviously, if it's getting that information right, that could be really useful for, you know, alt text on images on Twitter, which is really important to make that image more accessible. There's a person, a developer, who used um, Apple's Shortcuts app. And uh, ChatGPT's API, and actually managed to basically hack Siri into a basically use ChatGPT's ChatGPT's data wow. within Siri. There are videos about integrating, you know, turning Siri into a ChatGPT uh, on-demand service in two minutes on iOS. Um, so there's a lot of people really trying to push the envelope. And I guess you know, if you need that to support an app. You need that available all the time, right? So you need API access. So yeah, forty two dollars a month. You know, if it's not limiting you in terms of how many requests you can make, and if it's giving you priority access, I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty pretty uh, affordable price to make that happen. You know, 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a great service. Again, I, th- I feel for a lot of people, they just don't really know how to use it for them. You know, I, I can see why business would would want it, and I can certainly see why Microsoft want to implement it into what they do. Because it seems to me that the next logical step is that natural language processing and really improving that. That is going to make computing so much easier in the long term for so many people. And you know it, the great thing about that is it's not it it's not being laid out as an accessibility thing, but it absolutely is, because any way you can talk to a device and you know essentially get a response, like we all have got used to with the Amazon Echo. You know what people don't realize is that's just the beginning. You know that's just the start. I mean we're going to we'll probably look back at the Amazon Echo in about five years time and be like <laughs> that seems really rubbish. You know just. I asked at the time and it told me the time and that was nice. But then I asked a follow-up question, didn't know what I was talking about. That's that's where things will change. Actually having a conversation with a device that will be able to give you information and then act upon things as well. You know, Because again, once you start integrating, this is the, the deeper it gets, the more you're able to integrate it with what you do. And you know it can then check in with you. It's, it's going to be incredible. And I think for a lot of people who are out there who live alone, this will become a great source of comfort. You know, I think that's where it's going to get to. I think we all have this idea in our heads that the the AI of the future will be some kind of robot human looking thing. I don't know if it will. I think it might just be an Amazon Echo type device just sitting there. Might be on our watch, might be in our in our heads, might be on our glasses. It could be anything. But I think it'll just be something we talk to and we just get used to that. And the way that we're used to, and I'm I'm old enough to remember, I'm sure you do too, you know, having a phone call on a mobile phone in public for the first time was the weirdest thing ever. People were looking at you like, what is he doing? And I even remember going further than that. The first phone call ever, I remember being in London in in England and I remember going around and people talking on headsets. And I thought, why are all these people talking to each other or themselves actually? Why are they talking to themselves? But of course they weren't. They were talking to someone on a, a headset. That was weird. And look, that's only been 10, 15 years. Look how far we've come. And it can only imagine how things will change with this kind of thing being brought in. It is quite incredible. Um, so TV Tonight is CES. Yes, a CES one-hour special. We do it every year. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I find covering CES when you're not actually there is the best way to do it. <laughs> it, pr- it probably is, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, lots of really cool companies. Uh, Biped, uh, TCL, uh, Sedimentum, uh, Blaze Mobility out of Toronto. Uh, mm. So many cool companies. A lot of cool tech that doesn't even even isn't even available now, but it gives you a really cool glimpse as to what's coming down the road and what could be possible, which is really neat. Yeah, check that out on Double Tap TV. We're also on YouTube as well. You can uh, subscribe to the Double Tap channel on YouTube. Just search for Double Tap on Air. And don't forget, you can find us on social media that way as well. Double Tap on Air across social media. That's it for today, though. Back tomorrow. Uh, with more of your emails and feedback. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for getting oh, up. My pl- am I back tomorrow too? Uh, well, we shall see. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> see you tomorrow. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.